This is Journey, exploring the customer experience, a special six-part Story Connect miniseries hosted by Carrie Huckabee. Journey is a production of WordSouth and Pioneer Utility Resources in partnership with our presenting sponsor, Calix, whose mission is to enable broadband service providers of all sizes to simplify, excite, and grow. Email us at hello at wordsouth.com to continue this customer experience conversation. Here we are at the evaluation stage of the customer journey. You've managed to catch the interest of a new consumer, or maybe your marketing message about upgrading their broadband package piqued the interest of one of your existing customers. What happens now? The evaluation stage is often where the consumer gets stuck. I do. A few months ago, I wanted a side-by-side for the farm. I surfed the web, I went to showrooms, I read reviews, I talked to salespeople, I compared pricing, warranties, doors, no doors. The decision came down to delivery time, then service, then price, which is a reminder that consumers have different decision-making factors here at this stage. In normal circumstances, potential broadband customers are researching competitors' pricing and promotions, contract requirements, extra fees and charges, They're reading reviews and maybe looking at social media. They may be trying to figure out the difference in fiber broadband versus cable modem, or it's time to move from traditional TV to an on-demand streaming service. There are so many questions on the consumer's checklist at the evaluation stage, and my guest will be talking about how they provide answers on this episode as we explore the customer journey. You'll hear the importance of being proactive, knowing what the customer values, and making sure that information isn't hard to find. All necessities for creating an excellent customer experience. Deb Luke, the CEO, GM at Menberg Communications in Iowa, told me how they first approach and then maintain the connection with the business community. When it comes to evaluation, it's hard to beat a personal visit and a one-on-one conversation. We have a pretty high take rate from a business perspective. We do have one of our um, customer service staff where her role is part-time outside sales. And so a few days of the week, um, she um, canvases our service territory and meets with our businesses, introduces herself to new businesses as they come into town um, and shares the information about our organization and our products and our services. She is the kind of the the feet on the ground, um, the face of our company with our businesses, and she'll do uh, price comparisons to what they're currently receiving. And, um, and then also just sits down and and identifies what their needs are. A lot of times it's building that relationship and understanding what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and then identifying what is it that we can provide that can benefit them and help them. And it's in building that relationship. Again, it's providing that hometown touch. Although it isn't face-to-face, Greg Hunter, the marketing and PR specialist at Nemont, uses the next best thing. His company uses chat for real-time conversations. Think about a customer that has a question after hours. The option is to call tomorrow, send an email tonight, and wait for a response. 
We chat, the employees answer questions and provide support. It's a win for the consumer because it's on their timeline. There's no trip to the office or phone call required. We have a lot of our, most of our chats come from the Williston area, and that seems to be, that's the biggest community we serve. So you're getting a whole lot of stuff from there. We're getting more and more people, though, that are from the co-op area that are using chat. And and that function seems to work very, very well. Um, The gals like it. I know it was hard to get used to doing it in the first place when they started, you know, working this chat. But... um, and I even find myself, it's like, I'd rather chat now a lot of times than I would actually talk on the phone. It's rather than waiting for 20, 30 minutes for somebody to connect to a human. Um, I'd rather chat with somebody and get it, and get it taken care of, get it handled. Um, we are working a little bit more on trying to get some automated stuff. I know we don't want to get too automated when it comes to autobots and stuff like that. But we do want to make it so at least um, the customer is, we can kind of like, taper it down to get a little bit more refined stuff so we can actually get it to the right people. And that's what we're trying to do a little bit right now. Um, But for the most part, I think that it's been a very, very useful tool. Consumers are able to find all kinds of information when researching. Unfortunately, what they find may or may not be right, or the consumer may not completely understand the technology or the terminology. Greg told me that chat is really helpful in clearing up those misconceptions. Our customers uh, are getting smarter and smarter all the time. They're finding different ways to find information about the products that you sell and the products that other people sell. Um, So we really have to be, um, we have to be proactive on that and be able to give them the answers uh, when when they're requesting them. There's so much information out there accessible to people it's just, um, yeah, it's really, really amazing what people can call, ask, start asking a few questions, and the next thing you know, it's like, wow, where did they get all this information? I mean, <laughs> I've had people that have mentioned something about 5G, and they keep talking about, I got 5G in my house, and I'm like, are you talking about the 5 gigahertz that your Wi-Fi network is on, or are you talking about 5G, the wireless Uh, You know, so they get a lot of things confused. Deb and Greg told us how important it is to have conversations and to be available to consumers and businesses. Those human interactions build trust in the really early stages of the relationship. It's how they get to know the company and they understand what responsiveness will be like. Whether it's face-to-face or chat, it's important to know the audience. How do they want to communicate? That's certainly a question your company should ask. Well, let's switch gears a little and talk about resources and materials. What do consumers need to evaluate your product, your service? What will make them feel comfortable in considering a new provider? Sometimes just the thought of making a change is intimidating and stops the consumer on the buyer's journey. Kurt Grenling is the VP of Marketing and Business Development at WCVT. They serve the Mad River and Champlain Valley region in Vermont. His company offers hosted PBX and other business services. He reminded me the customer journey has to be managed just like any of their products. And that means mapping and tracking what the experience is like for the consumer. Step into the customer's shoes. For example, 
What is it like when a business owner tells the receptionist that they're evaluating a new phone system? How do you make it less scary? Kurt's team uses case studies and they use the power of storytelling to remove some of that fear of change. So it can be overwhelming and frightening to even think of change. So everything always relates back to how we do it today instead of, you know, it's a good opportunity to kind of stay back, take a step back and say, how, how can we do this in the future that might work better, you know, provide a better customer experience to their customers and, you know, might be more efficient for the business themselves. So, you know, that's always a, a good opportunity to use those t- uh, case studies, talk about other businesses and how they're doing it. And, you know, they can often relate to uh, that information uh, to their own business. You know, there's quite a bit of work that goes into writing them, but, you know, we typically write them and reuse that content for other pieces, you know, whether it's a, uh, a business uh, connections type magazine that goes out to customers or, you know, an email newsletter or social media content. You know, the great, great news is, right, there's different opportunities to reuse the, that content. Or if we're doing, you know, some specific mailings or whatnot, or, you know, if Chris, our uh, business salesperson is, is out meeting with a customer, you know, they always make good uh, lead behinds as well. The case studies on Kurt's site introduced the business, what they do, the challenge, and how WCVT solved it with the solution and the benefits. They also use frequently asked questions and they offer live demos to evaluate the hosted system. And all of these are powerful evaluation tools, and they calm the nerves of any buyer thinking about a new system. While case studies are working for Kurt's company, Kyle Randleman, the VP of Marketing and Customer Operations over at Star Communications, is using CrowdFiber. CrowdFiber is a map-driven marketing tool, and it helps manage fiber builds and acquisitions. It's a 24-7 resource. It shows the fiber community builds, the packages, the pricing, the timelines, and features. And Kyle says what would have been a phone call to the office can now be done by navigating the website, entering the address, and immediately seeing if service is available. For the consumer looking for broadband service information, it's instant gratification. We, we use a, a, a third-party application on our website called CrowdFiber. And, um, you know, it, it's, we've mapped out our territory using the CrowdFiber app, and uh, it's actually on our app. We have an app for our company as well, and it's on there. So customers can pull it up, type in their physical 911 address, and we've gone through and, and taken the time to, to tell what features or services or speeds are available at that certain area. And uh, even go to the as far as we went through and, and took it to an extra step and told them the price. Uh, went, I mean, we went all in on this and uh, to, to give that customer pretty much an immediate feedback. That was the problem we had, Kerry, is, you know, people would call in and say, I'd like to know what's available at this. And, well, we'll come, we'll get back with you. We'll get with our plant group. And we'll, that was a, that two, it wasn't a one call resolution. So we, we wanted to, I wanted something that, gave some immediate feedback because again, like you said, we have to change based on our customers' desires. And I think that's something now everybody wants immediate feedback for everything. This Story Connect miniseries is brought to you by Calyx. Every home, every broadband subscriber is unique. That's why you need insight that only user data can deliver. 
Calix Marketing Cloud helps you unleash the power of data to drive ROI, boost ARPU, and ultimately improve the customer experience. Calix Marketing Cloud is built with machine learning that automatically processes data, identifies valuable subscriber trends, and intuitively recommends segments. Who's working from home? Who's hitting their broadband thresholds? Who are your gamers and heavy streamers? Who's having a poor experience and needs to know how to improve it in real time? With the Calix Marketing Cloud, you'll have the data you need to get the right message to the right customers. Visit calix.com to see how other broadband providers are improving the customer experience with Calix Marketing Cloud. Schedule a demo at calix.com or speak with your Calix account specialist. Simplify the way you market. Excite your subscribers across the customer journey. Grow your business. All with Calix Marketing Cloud. Salesforce published an article last year stating the new expectation for superior customer experience is instant gratification. 45% of consumers said they would switch brands if a company doesn't anticipate their needs. That creates the need for companies to support every customer, every time, anytime, and anywhere. So Kyle's right, customers do not want to wait for details. Speaking of details, marketing develops and creates brochures, sales aids, and other materials in hopes of delivering as many answers as possible to the interested party in the evaluation stage. Those items are often leave-behinds and door hangers. They represent the brand and are part of the first impression. Shannon Sears, the Director of Commercial Operations at WCTEL, manages customer operations, sales, and marketing. And when his team launched fiber broadband in new areas, they equipped their salespeople with a packed portfolio of materials. Add a touch of personal conversation to good collateral, and WCTEL experienced even better results. Obviously, we they came prepared to hand out as much material as possible. But what they were willing to do uh, was to sit down and go over that material with them. And I think that was that was key. We didn't come want to come across as just being, you know, a, a, I hate to say this, used car salesman type, but it was, you know, how can we answer any questions that you have, even about your current service or versus our service, that type of thing. And then we would drive them. If, if that didn't work, we would ask them, you know, to visit our uh, website to, uh, you know, register their interest if they were to find out about construction updates to, uh, you know, to how much our service cost and what kind of speeds that we offer and what are our uh, TV packages, just anything like that. So we had material uh, not only on site, but but kind of directed them to the place that they would need to go. Uh, because here's the thing, when, and again, we're talking about CLEX. So these people either already currently have a provider uh, or, uh, you know, they're evaluating different providers. and But motivating people to change their service is very difficult to do. Um, and so there has to be some, uh, there has to be some guarantee that it's going to be an easy process. And part of our customer experience and, and their evaluation of us is, is, hey, we will make this a whole process very, very easy for you. And we'll explain from beginning to end what that process is before we start. And uh, I think that gave them a little bit of peace of mind. Shannon is right. 
Their guarantee, their promise that the whole process was going to be easy, gave the potential customer the confidence they needed to sign up for service and begin a relationship built on trust instead of a contract. Of course, having a positive reputation like WCTEL is critical for any potential customer when evaluating the company, especially online where a negative review can be attached to your company for years to come. When D.D. Longenecker started at Eastex as the Director of Business Development, one of her priorities was to manage the cooperative's online reputation. She knew that as part of the evaluation stage on the customer journey, consumers would check Google reviews. After all, Google is the most used review platform. When I first started, I took a look at our Google reviews and, you know, we had we had an unmanned um, Google profile. Um, and so, you know, we took charge, I took charge of that and, you know, redefined the profile. And I did, it was interesting because word clouds were kind of a popular thing back then. And, and so I made a word cloud of all of our Google reviews at the time. And it was pretty, it was pretty sad, you know, the words that would, would stick out, you know, expensive and, um, you know, slow. And once I claimed the profile, I went through and I responded to every Google review that was out there. And through some education and some conferences that I had been to, you know, I had I had learned that there were certain things you could do with your Google reviews to kind of help those reviews, you know, appear better. So one thing was you could have, um, if you liked your positive reviews, it would push them up closer to the top so that anybody else who was looking at the reviews, they'd be more inclined to see those positive reviews first, and maybe they wouldn't scroll all the way down and get the the negative ones. Um, the other thing was, you know, by responding to all of them, I think you you earn the opportunity for customers to modify their reviews over time. So one thing I did internally was to educate our staff about what the Google reviews were looking like. Um, what steps I was taking to kind of take ownership of managing those reviews. And I did ask for all of our staff, you know, when they talk to customers who are happy and giving, you know, we get a lot of customers who tell us over the phone, you know, that they had a great experience, you know, that a tech who came out to their house was just so friendly or so efficient or, you know, just did went above and beyond. And when we hear those things, which we were frequently hearing from customers over the phone, you know, helping convince the customer, would you mind just going out and typing in that, that review in Google? That is so helpful to us as a company. So for other members to be able to see that you had this great experience, and it's super helpful. So we did some of that. So I saw our Google reviews actually increase and we got up to four stars. I think during the last 12 months and COVID and the pandemic, uh, we've seen it fall a tiny bit um, again, and we're at like 3.8 stars right now. So it's a constant issue. It's a constant uh, effort of reminding staff um, to go out and and look at those reviews, be aware, um, like the positive reviews, and to encourage those happy customers who are reporting their happy experiences to go out and add a review. So it's just something we constantly have to tend to. As we wrap up this episode about the evaluation stage, I wanted to close with Derek Barr. 
Derek is the assistant GM at Hardy Communications in West Virginia. Derek made some good points about transparency and reducing customer effort in the evaluation stage. He said they don't bog down the consumer with hard-to-understand pricing or complicated promotions. They discovered that while keeping it simple, it also built trust in the very beginning of the customer experience. We don't offer any sort of, of new, um, new customer price promotion. Um, our, our prices are our prices. And, and we, we do have some other promotions we offer as terms of features and, and some uh, TV-related things and, and, and upping um, certain speeds. Uh, we, we might give them a, a increased speed for a period of time. But as far as price, um, we, we don't offer any sort of, okay, for your first year, your first six months, here's this much lower price, and then we bump you up after a while. And that's turned into an advantage for us. Because uh, I know that that's very common in the industry, and and we will we will get people that come into the area who are new, that will say, well, what are you what are you offering, uh, you know what what kind of thing are you offering, and and we say, you know, we certainly want your business, but as far as the price, we're not offering anything. This this is what we charge. This is what all our customers get, and they say, well, how much is going to go up? And we say, well, in terms of of a promotion, it's not, you know, if if we have to raise prices, you know, hopefully we don't, but if we do. It's, it's an across-the-board thing. And that's actually turned into a positive force because it's just not what city residents are used to. City residents are used to having, you know, 10 different choices um, and having everybody fight over them. And, and some of them just will go back and forth between different providers all the time. And when they, they come here and they, they we might get that question at first, but then they think, wow, okay, you know, these guys are just up front and lay it out there and it is what it is. And so that's actually been a positive for us. Definitely was that the idea of the um, raising of the price after a certain period of time. And then, of course, that's that's often a time where hopefully it, you've, you've got them locked in at that point. But it's also a time where some people then will just look for the next promotion um, and, and go somewhere else. So it, it didn't uh, by just saying here's our price and it is what it is. We didn't have that time frame where, OK, we're going to get to a point where we know our price is going to jump on them. So we'll have to be prepared for that. Um, and, what, and what it became for us is kind of a, um, it's, it's a reward in a way for our existing customers. And I know that's something that comes up in the later steps because um, the existing customers don't have to really sit and say, gee whiz, you're doing all this stuff for these new people and we don't get any of that. Um, you know, we can say, we do some things for new customers, sure, and we have some promotions, but it's not it's not like we're cutting their price way down while we're holding yours up, and uh, and so it's actually become something that that is a plus for us with existing customers. Well, that wraps up our evaluation episode podcast. I hope you've heard some new ideas and also assurances that you're doing things well, and you're not alone in this quest for the best customer experience. Our next episode is about the purchase stop on the journey. This is where the consumer decides to trust you and become a customer. This is where efforts begin to build loyalty and customer satisfaction. That's easy, right? Stay tuned, and my guests will tell you how they make it look easy on Journey, exploring the customer experience. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Journey, exploring the customer experience, a six-part Story Connect miniseries hosted by Carrie Huckabee. 
A special thanks to our guests and to our presenting sponsor, Calix. Visit calix.com to learn how their cloud and software solutions can help you simplify your business, excite your subscribers, and grow your value. Journey and Story Connect are productions of Words Out the Pioneer Teller Resources.